Someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 Best of the Best podcast with myself, Connor Keys, alongside me as always, Ronan, Ronan, Ronan Mullen. Ronan Emmett Mullen. Aquarius. <laughs> Say it three times. No. <laughs> then I'd be real. <laughs> Fuck that. Yes, you're very welcome. We have uh, decided to do the uh, impeccable Beetlejuice. Do we want to tell a real story? We were going to do it for Halloween. We were going to do it for Halloween, and then we realized time. Is nothing Irrelevant. but an illusion. Yes. So we fucked up. Especially <laughs> in the Best of the Best podcast because yeah. we do not timestamp them. No. You know, for instance, we do not know anything about the world at the moment because no. when you're listening to this, you could be listening to this in 2027. Exactly. Who yeah. did win the election of the Galactic, when? Of the Galactic Federation <laughs> of Light. <laughs> uh, so speaking of light, we thought we should bring some darkness to this. Yeah. Um, this is pretty dark. It is very, very dark, actually. And it you wasn't know it was until, PG in America. Uh, well, actually, I was going to say, I mean, my first time seeing it, obviously, was a, as a primary school child, like I'm sure mm-hmm. yourself. And it was a massive hit. Yeah. But it was quite scary. It was one of the yeah. first proper, like, this is supposed to be for kids. <laughs> this is all about death. Like. Mm, so that's where we go into the darkness. From the five minutes in, it's death. It's death right through to the end. Uh, and it's great. It's <laughs> just so great. It's just fantastic. Uh, so yes, the, uh, the the one and only Tim Burton um, with his usual, uh, I mean, well, I was going to say it's usual now, but it wasn't at the time. No, um, there's no way you could have got what was coming out of this from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> no. Thankfully, we did get PB's Big Adventure because it, it started a lot of things that helped build this. Yeah. Um, but I love PB's Big Adventure. Oh, man, I love it's it so much. It's such a too. film. But it really it, should be on this. We're going to do a future one, definitely. It, it really should. But what was really impressive about PB's Big Adventure was it was his first feature film. Obviously, he'd done animated films. He'd done Frank and Weenie and stuff. But he asked the great Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. who was just a member of the band Oingo Boingo, of course. Um, he asked him, here, you ever think of doing film soundtracks? And he was like, nah, not really. Didn't really ever. And he goes, go on, do you want for me? We're doing a film with Pee Wee Herman. He's like, all right, we got to do it. <laughs> and Pee Wee's Big Adventure's got one of the best soundtracks ever yeah, made. it's absolutely class. And, and he, again, if you watch it in, in recent times, the visuals. Like, uh, yeah. It's, it's, all, uh, it's all Burton. Like. Unlike Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. uh, Pee Wee's visuals did very well. Yes, they do. Uh, made, almost you'd think, for 4K. <laughs> yes, the colors and stuff. But like, yeah. I will say what you're referring to is some of the effects. Uh-huh. Beetlejuice was deliberately made that way. Tim Burton wanted it to look like an Ed Wood Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yes, really crappy well, effects and everything looking. 
But the thing won the Academy Award for Best Makeup. Yeah, we should. Well, we 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 definitely should uh, first highlight obviously the year. So we're talking eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight, and uh, this is the great time of the peak of VHS. Yes, video tips, tips, and that's probably my biggest uh, regret of of rewatching it was rewatching it in HD. Okay, and not trying to suss out the VHS slash. A VHS player mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to, Aye, that's to the... play it. But when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, it, it, it doesn't age well um, visually." And, and we've seen that with a lot of films, especially from the late '80s, early '90s, mm. when you watch them now. Mm. Um, I think anything sort of pre-Jurassic Park. Was, You've been spoiled by Jurassic Park. That that is really well. I think been. we have as a generation been spoiled yeah. when we've seen that. Still, uh, to be fair, yeah, it's but it. I, I like. I watched it, it recently in 4K. And it, and still, it looks, still stands out just amazing. But I think they've restored it. I think they oh, did they? a lot of mock-ups for the CGA. Oh, okay. Whereas well, Beetlejuice, they're not no touching way. it. No, like, they haven't touched it. No, they haven't touched it. And it, it's a, there's a lovely sort of retro feel of it when you're yeah. watching it. But then also you have a fantastic actual portrayal of from a wild cast of actors. A wild cast? Um, and there's a lot of stories about this casting. It took a while to convince everybody to get on board, even though everybody I was in there. So I, well, in there, it must have been because of Pee Wee Herman. Well, for the reputation, or if if you Tim Burton, let's talk a wee bit about Tim Burton first. Tim Burton worked for Disney. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton was an art director and did a lot of animation for a lot of big uh, Disney films. But when he started going out in his own, he made his own film, Frank and Weenie. Disney sacked him because they were like, you were working on our time, on your own project, <laughs> which wasn't put through Disney. Anyway, if you were looking at that from a visual perspective, how his cartoons and stuff looked, mm. there's something different there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you know what you're going into will look great. Now, that's not referencing what you're saying about it's not aging well. It's still the set design, the costumes, the characters Sorry, say, all look good. When I say not aging well, I mean the special effects. Yeah, you yeah, mean the, how the, yeah. how the actual thing yeah. still could have been shot yesterday. So, yeah, so, But a lot of these people, they weren't massive superstars at the time of Beetlejuice. No, no. Um, in fact, you know, the, the likes of Alec Baldwin hadn't hit their peak yet. You know, this is Renona oh, Ryder. Yeah. She was only 16 here. Heathers was done the same year. That's right, it was the same time, yeah. So, I think he still had to try to convince these actors who were probably looking work. Because it was such a fucking odd script. And we actually have a video, um, we're going to play the audio, sorry, of Tim Burton talking about the script. And it's very brief, but it just summarizes what we're saying. When I got the script for Beetlejuice, it it was amazing because... It was the exact opposite of everything else I'd get gotten. You know, most of these scripts were like, you know, A to B to C, all tied up in a neat little packet. Like, then I get this script that makes no sense. It has no real story. I worked with a lot of great actors that were very good at improv. You're on the set and get into a character and become it. Boy, there's amazing energy to that. It helped the script. It helped shape it a lot. And each day we felt like we were making this weird kind of experimental kind of thing in a way. And it was a Hollywood movie. And the good thing about that movie was it was so weird. They could, I, I didn't get a lot of notes because they didn't know what to say about it. <laughs> so he was basically what he's implying there is that they let him do it. Here's the story. Pee Wee comes out and it's a big success. Uh-huh. They say it's because Pee Wee Herman's in it. Pee Wee was a big TV star at the time. But a lot of it we know now is down to Tim Burton. Yeah. So he wants to do Batman. 
Mm-hmm. There's a script going around for Batman. He's been sort of looking at it and doing wee edits to it. And they say, you can't do Batman until you do another film. You have to prove that this wasn't a fluke because it was just PB. Yeah, because they knew Bla- they knew Batman was going to be... Big production, big Warner money. Warner Brothers, big, big, big money. Thing, yeah. Now, that, that ended up being the case, of course. But Beetlejuice then was made. And they just let him get on with it. He originally wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. Sammy Davis Jr.? <laughs> yes. To play fucking Beetlejuice. Because... Sammy, he didn't no, have a wee swagger on him, like fairness, but... When it was originally... The original script came in, it was from a guy called Warren Skerrin. Sorry, Michael McDowell. Michael oh. McDowell wrote the original screenplay, uh-huh. and it was way more graphic. Right. And Maitland's death at the start was really bloody and horrific, and Beetlejuice was a straight-up, like, fucking murder and rapist. <laughs> and he was also, in his human form, a small Middle Eastern man. Right? Of course it was. And then when he was in the, the other world, he was like a winged demon. Right, okay. Right? So everybody reading that went, there's something here, but this one's no crack at all. <laughs> so then Warren Scarring came in. Warren Scarring helped Tim Burton rewrite it. They worked before on like a, an Alfred Hitchcock Presents TV show. Right, okay. And he'd done an episode of it. He was a guy who worked for the Texas Film Society. This is a weird story. And he got the film, The Getaway filmed in Texas. So he ended up being like the main guy to go to for location shoots around Texas. Day. All right, okay. So he lobbied for the release of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with great opposition because mm-hmm. it was such a horrific film. Oh, yeah, yeah. But because Texas Chainsaw Massacre made so much money, he had money in it. And he made so much money, he moved to Hollywood and started help write scripts, <laughs> which includes this one and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he goes there. Burton has all the rogues gallery of people he wants. And... He had a conv- I, this is the one I still can't get over. He had to convince Warner Brothers that Michael Keaton could play Batman. Yeah, he was yeah. the only one that fought for Michael Keaton to play Batman. Everybody was totally against Keaton. Yeah, there was no. And again, I suppose if you looked at where Keaton was at the time, it sort of made sense that he wouldn't be Batman. You know, well, it didn't. But obviously, Burton seen what we know now to be <laughs> exactly exactly what he, what he needed. And I remember me and you years ago talking about Batman, and we both agreed. Remember the bit in Batman where he takes the poker and goes to attack the Joker and goes, you want to get nuts? Let's get... I mean, you went, it's Beetlejuice. It's Beetlejuice. He does the voice. He does the facial movement. Everything looks like So even though Beetlejuice now has a very successful cartoon, which has ended, Mm -hmm. and a Broadway play, did you know that? I knew there was a musical, yeah. The musical, right, has more listens on Spotify than the fucking Beetlejuice soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently the songs I didn't listen to Because I'm not a musical guy no. But the fucking songs Apparently are addictive I, I would I would imagine It would be a, 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 Hopefully I, I don't know anything About the, the musical But I seen a still From it A photograph And I just thought Oh The colours and that Like they're They're playing A yeah. good tribute To, to Burton and that Here's because, the, yeah. the The, the the sort of proof in the pudding of that is it won a lot of awards, mm-hmm. mainly for set design. Oh, there you are. Uh, so, uh, you, so. You're, you're correct on that one. Uh, but Keaton, I mean, uh, it, his role in this then, he is... So, I mean, if you haven't seen the film, uh, obviously, as always, go and watch it and then come back to us. Uh, he is the guy... So, the, the, the Maitlands, who are played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis... Mm-hmm. Have a a very young Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Very young Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis is right. They, well, give no spoilers away, but ultimately they come to a bit of a a problem, and they are just five six, minutes in. Five minutes <laughs> in, so it's not spoiling anything. 
but uh, they don't realize it, and then of course their house is going up for sale and, and stuff like this. But in the other world, and this is what sort of the the supernatural part of it, the afterlife. In the afterlife, um, there is a guy. Yeah, there's a guy. There was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> this Once is where there was a man. There's a there's a spectacular. Even that five minute set piece at the start of them living this happy life and just going to pick up like some art supplies because they've yeah. got a week off work, <laughs> and then they die. <laughs> I never forget that dog, uh, dog, and the shock of yeah, they were going over because you're like they're only in about four foot of water because it goes under, and I remember being the car goes into the water uh-huh. and it goes under, and then I was thinking going as a child going. Jeez, that, that looks a bit dangerous. And then the next scene is them coming back in soaking wet. And I was like, it's okay, they're fine, they're fine. fine. And it was genius the way they did it. Because yeah. it is, ultimately, like we said, it may have come from the mind of somebody who's into horror, mm-hmm. but it was PG and it was aimed as a family film. So it had to have that sort of, oh, Jesus, but don't worry, it's not too bad. And then you gradually get to see that, oh, shit, they actually did pass away. Yeah. They're but dead. they did it so, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, it's, it's if betrayed. They ha- if they had it went straight yeah. into them being dead right then, that was it, you know. If the, it just showed the next scene was their funeral. Yeah, the tone completely changed. Like. But the, like you say, the tone has done so well that they actually they he's been building a perfect model of the town. Yeah. In his attic, <laughs> yeah. and it's a place where they reside when another family moves into this house because they're dead. Nobody knows they're there. But he builds their own funeral, <laughs> and that's Tim Burton written all over. Like, oh yeah. He does a mock up in the graveyard of everybody attending their funeral. <laughs> Like it's fucking dark. Like. Uh, really, really dark. And then, so out of the darkness, then is <laughs> the one guy that you can call upon if uh-huh. you need, uh, if you need help to get rid of. I think what is his actual title? Well, no, he's a bio exorcist. He, he proclaims himself to be a yeah. bio exorcist, which is but it's written as Beetlegeist. Yeah, and they take the piss out of him in the film because when Alec Baldwin first reads it, he goes Beetlegeist or Beetle, and that's because Beetlejuice. Is how that's pronounced because uh-huh. Beetlegeist is or Beetlejuice is a star, okay, and it's the second brightest star in the Orion constellation. But oh, it's actually pronounced right. Beetlejuice, right. even though it's red Beetlegeist. Right. So they take the piss out of it. But people get very confused because in the title, Beetle and Juice is separated on his gravestone. Beetle and Juice is together on the flyer. It's Beetlegeist, and you're going, "What the fuck I, is the real?" I always put them as as one. So do I. I always seen it as, um, so do I, I thought the poster was always one as well. It is. Oh, right, okay. But no, they're doing the film, that big uh, like, yeah, tombstone, it's, it's, it's separate. separate. Uh, mm. So I don't know what the fuck they were doing there. Uh, and so like most of the, this is where I think most of the, the it, it amplified maybe the, the, the children around the world who were sort of into the spooky and the, uh, getting, do you remember when the biggest rebellious thing you could do was talk about a Ouija board? Oh, I was. <laughs> I was chatting to Elvis last night, swear to God, me and Mark McCaskey up his grannies. <laughs> No, you weren't. <laughs> well, uh, this was the this made it came from Beetlejuice, <laughs> where you had to say his name three times. Yeah, it's uh, Candyman all over him, again. Yeah, in order for him to appear. Now, I mean, Keaton, he has a lot of fun. He has a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Michael Keaton is in this film for eighteen minutes. Oh, is that all it is? In an hour and thirty-two film, and you there isn't. A memory I have of this film <laughs> where Michael Keaton just isn't the prevalent. I, know, I can't believe it's only 18. It's he, only, like, he only appears 25 minutes in and he's in it for 18 months. He only filmed for two weeks. But he was, according to Burton, he was on fire for two weeks. He never settled. Yeah. He was running around the set dressed as Beetlejuice and just to scare people him, yeah. for two weeks. And I mean, we've we've had uh, on a previous podcast or a future podcast, depending on what order you listen to it in. Ex- good man. Uh, that we have had 
somebody else like that who has only done 17 minutes but stole the show. Yes. Um, so Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal mm-hmm. Lecter. Mm-hmm. So we have a uh, Keaton doing the same. I didn't know that. I didn't. I knew it was short, but I didn't think it was as short as that. Eighteen it's minutes. Eighteen is, minutes. Uh, um, but what a but for ball of energy! I, for eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. <laughs> he's just. It was my. I would probably say it was one of my um, comedy heroes at the time. Definitely. Like there was there was as as dark as it is and all the rest, and as as dark as his character is in it, he brings such light to it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, that. And you can now when you're older, at the time I didn't notice it, obviously. But now when you're older and you're watching it back and you're going, That is that has definitely been improvised. Yes. He's improvising a lot Absolutely. there. Like, you know, and it proof again, the proof's in it. Michael Keaton was a fantastic stand up comedian. Yeah, yeah. He was a very good stand up comedian and he was very visual. And it was if you listen to an audio Michael Keaton stand up, it isn't as good as watching him do it because he's very visual mm. and he's very into like the expressions on his face and his yeah, movement but- and and this, he's just been told, you're the sleaziest stand-up comedian of all time. <laughs> you're dead, and you don't give a fuck about anything. Go. Yeah. And he just goes mental <laughs> for 18 fucking minutes only. Like. Uh, so, the, yeah, so we have uh, the plot of the film. You've got then the, the Maitlands are trying to get rid of this new family who are coming in and their friends. Uh, again, some <laughs> great cast members. Brilliant. In it. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, I mean... Brilliant is, Catherine O'Hara. ...is one of the... Um, Standouts, and I think she was one of the ones maybe the hardest to convince. I think Burton talked about. Uh, yeah, uh, Keaton, because it's Catherine Hart. Yeah, anyway. Keaton took a while, but Catherine Hart took longer because Catherine Hart. No matter what, Catherine Hart is an alumni of Saturday Night Live, and you know yeah. she's been in a lot of great films. And, and realistically, probably only known as Kevin McAllister's ma. Yeah, well, Shit's Creek. <laughs> she's been in Emmys well, yeah, for well, Shit's Creek online, yeah, so a lot of yeah. people are, or in the future, who knows? It, yeah. But uh, you should. It's brilliant. I've heard a lot it of really reports good. like yeah. The her problem was, I read a quote from Catherine Harris. She goes, listen, I'm just down to earth Catholic gear. And sometimes I don't want to do certain things. And sometimes I have to really think about it for a long time. Mm. And sometimes, you know, and she's very into, you know, the community and all this. And she goes, you know, I end up getting weird roles. <laughs> but sometimes they're weirder than others. And this was what she was talking about. Right. <laughs> but again, she's extraordinary in this. Like, oh, she's top class. Everybody yeah. in this is brilliant. And this... Uh, one of the, the the sort of twists to this whole sort of thing is that when you think you're watching then a haunted movie, mm-hmm. you realize they don't give a shit about them being ghosts. No. In fact, they want to. They want to use them. They're all into that whole. Oh, we want to go to the other side and want to uh-huh. you know uh, delve deeper and get into darkness. So they uh, that again is another flip on the whole genre in that sense. Because yeah. I even as a, my first time watching, I remember thinking, "Oh, this is going to be scary because there's going to be a load of haunting." Mm-hmm. And then the family don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're trying to bring them out into the other side. When they try to scare them, it's just a, a no-go. And they actually hint to um, Catherine O'Hara's character being on drugs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she's sleeping with Viking in her room. She's trying her best just and to be knocked out. And basically they're taking this old uh, log cabin style house and turned it into a real neo-fucking... Piece of shit. Neo-modern <laughs> fucking rubbish of, of, of Catherine Harris' character's sculptures. Yeah. Uh, and again, obviously, they play, they play a part later on in, in the film. Mm-hmm. But the I, what I, I always loved about it was the, obviously the this makeup and special effects that you talked about. Mm-hmm. But the... Not just my, don't just Beetlegoose, Beetlegoose. I just yeah. him, that's another version of it there. Beetlegoose, 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 Beetlegoose. I think Beetlegoose is better. Beetlegoose. Uh, the the do you remember the stuff when they're trying to scare them? Mm-hmm. 
Do you remember the special effects then? They scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. When now. they pulled the face out, <laughs> yeah, and they pulled yeah, yeah. their fucking mouth. Pulled the, 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 your their jaw. mouth full open, yeah. like, and then eyeballs sitting on top yeah. of the tongue. I was like, that at that time, because, like I said, HD sort of shows it up to be. Yeah, but I like thing. practical effects, even when they look shit. Uh, but no, but when you see it in VHS, they didn't look shit. But that's because we were in the 80s yeah, and we were fucking blinded by Skittles. It scared the shit out of me. Now you'd sort of laugh a wee bit. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, that's fucking, oh my God. What Which scary. <laughs> Never said his name three times. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, you couldn't. You kept calling him Beetlegoose. <laughs> that's, that's why he never appeared. He never appeared. Beetlegoose, Beetlegoose, Beetlegoose. No, shit, daddy. Uh, but a standout performance, again, from Winona Ryder, who obviously went on to be a, a sort of a stalwart of Burton's for a while. Winona Ryder is called Winona Horowitz. Mm-hmm. Winona grew up in a commune with right. Timothy Leary, Allen Ginsberg, and Philip K. Dick. And we're trying to tell ourselves that Winona was going to come out okay with all this. <laughs> so she, in a commune... It explains a lot. It explains you, a lot. When you list lot. them things out, yeah. She was bullied intensely in school because of Beetlejuice. Even right. though it was the number one film in the country for over the weekend it opened, she was bullied because she looked weird. Now... What people weren't telling Winona was she always looked like that. Because that's how Winona Ryder looked for most of the 80s, in my memory. Yeah. Because every film she was in, she was like a sort of surly, scorned Yeah, but then teenager. she, like, she well, was gorgeous then. As, as, oh, she, she, became, she, like, she's, a, a, she's fantastic. Like. But at that stage, like, but again, there's a lot of things about, it's amazing how, especially children, obviously, in school, like as you say, oh. the film's number one. She's a character, <laughs> she's, a main character. Playing a character in a weird film, and, and like, she she's gets weird. Fucking bully for being. Yeah, weird. she wasn't for, weird a week ago. For looking weird. Yeah, yeah. she's weird now. <laughs> she had, by the time she was nineteen, she had done Mermaids, Edward Scissorhands, Dracula, this, Heather. You know, all these. She bang. had a lifetime of career bang, under her belt by the time she was 19. Big blockbusters at the time. Like. She turned down the role of Mary Corleone, Godfather 3 as well, by the way. Oh, no Which way. infamously went down to Sofia Coppola. Oh. She turned it down. Which is very, very strange because I only watched that like, last night, the night before. No way! Uh-huh. This is getting weirder, boy. This is getting weird. This is getting weirder. Uh, uh, she turned it down she because of nervous actually... exhaustion, not because of the role itself. Right. She's just she done too much. fantastic in that, actually. It would have changed the film slightly, I think. Mm-hmm. Not much, but slightly. Mm. And uh, so, yes. And then, I mean, obviously we know where she went on later years and all the rest. And now back sort of full circle in Stranger Things with that sort of 80s vibe of horror. Yeah. Sort of retro sort of look about. Yeah. Um, she was always a good actress. But in Stranger Things. I really did like her. I thought she was a great I, actress. Yeah. Like in Stranger Things, she sort of gives me the impression that she's a little bit out of it. Yeah. Like even from the start before everyone goes a bit mad in Stranger Things. I don't know if that's the character or that's what she's like now. Oh, is that what she's like now? Yeah. Is she just, that's the way her eyes not going also. Aye. Uh, she looks a wee bit like she took a few tablets this morning uh, and that helps her through the day. Might, might have done. But uh, we'll talk more about Ronan later. Like a, that's, that's, that sounds like a conspiracy theory, Ronan. Uh, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood uh, actors do not get involved in drugs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and we, I, I, we'll, we'll address Jeffrey Jones now just before we go any further. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones has been in some of my favorite films. Jeffrey Jones was in Amadeus. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones was in Ferris Bueller. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Jones is in this. Many more. Who's Harry Crumb? In 2002, Jeffrey Jones was convicted of uh, possessing child pornography. What? And pictures of a 17-year-old boy who at the time was 14, who he coerced to take pictures of. What? Not JJ. <sighs> JJ. Oh, 
I know, man. I can't. It's I watched seven. Fucking I watched seven anymore. two weeks ago, and I, it, it, the minute Spacey turns up, I can't watch it anymore. I'm just, it ruins it now. But because this film has so many bells and whistles going on, mm-hmm. and he is a major part of it, but he's a sort of minor character. He's not in it as much. Mm. It sort of lets it slide by a wee bit. But we had to address it because I don't want to be bum- big in it. That that's an amazing cast, amazing this. The guy's a piece of shit. Okay. See, there's things that just I did not follow up on. I did not know about Jeffrey fucking 17-year-old boy who said he solicited the post for nude photographs, but he was 14 Lovely. at the fucking time. Oh, fucking hell. Right, we're moving Jeffrey. swiftly along. Natural. We're not doing Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Who else have we got there? <laughs> Don't forget, PB was wanking in the theater, too. That's true, yeah. Move on, <laughs> next one. That was, that was his big adventure. Uh, Tim Burton had to convince about Keaton, like we said. Mm-hmm. He also was the one, you know the way the Penguin Batman Returns, which is also Tim Burton? Yeah. The P- penguin never looked like that in the comics. He designed that Penguin. Oh, now, yeah. Now everything that, looks like yeah. that. Every yeah. variation of the Penguin. But you see in this new Batman film, mm-hmm. they've got the Batman, sir. They've got him looking like the original Penguin, just so they wouldn't associate with Burton. Mm. But Burton, Burton's Penguin is, so let's just say, Tim Burton's made a lot of good calls. Yeah. You know, in his career. So I just wanted to touch on him slightly because, and if you, when you read it like it's written here, it's fucking unbelievable. Tim Burton's run from here on in. Uh-huh. Oh. It sort of tops most of the ones we've done before in terms of their run. They, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, uh-huh. all in 10 years. <laughs> I said, what the fuck? <laughs> There are some uh, like like uh, that's incredible. Un, uh, they're very very prolific, and uh, you're you're you're. How many was that? Ten. I mean, you might be ten. talking one a film a year for ten years. It's, it's just. I mean, it's it's hard to fa- like. They're all films I would watch over and over again. Yeah. Ed Wood's one of my favorite films ever made. It's, uh, I've got to rewatch that again. That's and uh, um, no, I'm not touching on everything from Planet of the Apes on because it gets weird from there on in. Planet of the Apes is sort of weird. That's because fucking Woko Mono came in. Helena, Helena, Helena uh, see, it ruins the whole thing, man. Always changes your whole creative juices. He was with that Lisa Marie doll. Before that, she appeared in Right Fever. I always song. thought she he wanted to get be with Winona. That's what. I well, that's uh, <laughs> oh fuck. So Lisa Marie also burned all his collective memorabilia from their home when he was caught having an affair with Helena Bonham Carter. Oh no way! He has loads of shit, old Disney oh, stuff, and the memorabilia he would have had. Uh-huh. She, he turned up at the house one day, and she was having a yard sale and a bonfire <laughs> beside it. So everything that people didn't buy, she's burnt. Fuck! Hell have no fury. Exactly. Anyway, and back speaking, to Beetle Goose. Speaking of hell, <laughs> uh, so you've you've got this sort of scenario in the film where you've got the the recently deceased, the handbook. Uh, the book for the recently deceased, yes. or the handbook that sort of gives the sort of rules for anybody who, well, is recently deceased, and and, and in a brilliant move as well, the charlatan that he is, he's got a wee advertisement slid into the middle <laughs> yeah. of the book. So when they open the book, this advertisement pops in, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" But well, this, then <laughs> this is this is what I loved about it was, and even as a child, it did it did expand your thinking because the whole idea then of the other world, yes, and uh, the. One of the things that uh, recently stood out for me, not this time watching, but for like the sort of mm-hmm. I don't know, early 2000s, watching it, and they said something about somebody who commits suicide. Yes. Ends up as a civil servant in the, other, in the yes. afterlife. Yes. And then they show it. <laughs> and then they show it. Who works in the reception desk. 
of basically um and that's that the, the standout for me was this idea that when you die mm-hmm. you need to go then to we're always told about purgatory being good catholic mm-hmm. uh, boys we're told idiots <laughs> But this idea then that you actually went to like a, a, a doctor's surgery and there was yeah. like a waiting room. That <laughs> and can go on for years. Go on forever. And you get I think t- they say it's six months they're there or something waiting. Or? You get a ticket and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're called up for your number. And that's basically to go and, and get advice from uh, your caseworker. Case yeah. But as you say, there's advertisements put in because Betelgeuse is this guy who's going to help you out if you want to get rid of the living people out of your house or out uh-huh. of your life. And, and that's obviously what the Maitlands one do, but um, the advertisements pop up in loads of different places, and, mm-hmm. the, and he, he keeps trying to intrude on their life yeah, and trying to get involved. Now, before we play this, Michael Keaton has said that this is based exclusively on a guy that used to do advertisements in California. Right. And he would be really enthusiastic on like public access TV, and he would have his own productions and stuff for car sales. Mm-hmm. And he'd be flat to the mat... And the last line in this, he actually said in an advert, and that's where he got it from. (laughs) 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 Have a trouble with a living? You got to have your home space violated? You want to get rid of them pesky living critters once and for all? Well, come on down and see me, folks, because I'm the afternoon's leading vile exorcist. Yes, there is. Come on down here, and I want to tell you, I'll do anything. I'll scare them real bad. The point is, folks, I'm going to do anything to get your business. Hell, I'll possess myself if I gotta. Whoa! Yo, I got demons running all through me. All through me. Come on down here and see it. Hey, hey, Jack, now, you get a free demon possession with every exorcism. Ah, you can't beat that, can you? <laughs> now bring a little parts down here. Hell, we got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. There's no problem with that at all. So, see it once. Say it twice, third time the charm, and remember, I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll swallow anything you want me to swallow. So come on down now. Chew on a dog. Oh! The guy said he'd chew on a dog, <laughs> and everybody remembered it was so infamous. Like Keaton went, if we're doing this advert, I have to. But you know he suggested that. Like, oh, you just know. Because he could just go hog wild and do whatever the fuck he wanted. But oh, sitting on a fake cow, pretending he's a cowboy. Like. <laughs> yeah. so it's, like, it's, it's literally just, uh, 59 seconds. And it's just go. Yeah. And it gives as much information. And, if you, and you have to really, like obviously you're watching as well. Mm. It doesn't work on an audio podcast. Uh, but you have to really sort of keep up with the fucking yeah. amount of information oh, that's yeah. firing out in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is the, the sort of idea then is that uh, Beetlejuice has uh, the need to form again um to get to get out of uh the, the, the afterlife the afterlife because it also shows you the lost souls where the lost souls go to yeah and it's ruined and that's like that's a creepy sh- fucking scene man <laughs> really that's still scary. creepy actually because that's where all the the, the demons are that get exercise and have nowhere else to go yeah so they <laughs> put them in a room <laughs> and they're all just howling and <laughs> miserable looking you're going, what the pg what it was 15 over here though Oh, was it 15 here? It was 15 over okay. here, but it was PG in America. Because Batman was the first 12 film in yes. the UK. Yeah. So Burton had always been, I mean, that's a perfect example, is that Burton was able to ride both sides of the scale mm-hmm. to the point that he wrote it so well that they couldn't, they couldn't, they had to come up with a new certification. Mm-hmm. Because the 12 sort of, 12 should have been on, on Beetlejuice. Yeah. It definitely shouldn't have been a PG. Oh yeah, um, you know, but 
I I th- I thought in uh, that it was a PG whenever it came out in video here, but obviously it was a, it, it was, was fifteen. 15. But it was P- but was it PG thirteen? Isn't it they have yeah. PG thirteen? But it was the f- one of only five films that has the word fuck in a PG. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we'll 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 get to in a bit. But always blew my mind that the the but not only the performance or any of the sort of any language that was used, it's it's so fucking dark. All the, the time. The concept is dark. It's and dark. And then the actual thing is dark, yeah. We see the odd time shots from outside of the house when they're wrecking it and stuff and when they're sitting outside. And the, But the rest of it's very dark. Yeah. And it's very dark. I still find it mind-blowing that people looked at it and went, oh, I'll just let him do whatever he wants. On a second film. <laughs> and they've got actors in who've been in films before and they've been... Like, Michael Keaton was primarily a big TV actor. Yeah. He did um, stage stuff as well. He did stage stuff, but he'd been in Mr. Mom and all that stuff, and he'd, mm-hmm. he'd had a few films under his belt. But they have two older, uh, later in the film, like there's two classic TV stars that are in it, and they mm-hmm. convinced them to be part of it too. <laughs> and they must have read the whole script. And I just, I just find it... It's, yeah. I, I, the reputation that must have come about after Pee Wee Herman. But the, the foresight to know to get it's going to be safe. Aye, it's yeah. going to be safe. Don't worry, it's in his hands. <laughs> and people still doubt Tim Burton at times, and you're like, no, I wouldn't do that. No. But w- when you go back to the film, uh, Beetlejuice himself has now, not only have we heard the name, he's shown himself in an advertisement, mm-hmm. and the Maitlands basically get to the end of their rope. Well, she hangs herself in one scene, so that's a bit weird. But they get to the end of their rope and decide, we're going to give him a go. Yeah, because that's the other thing, and, and then to explain the film, the, 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 you can't leave the house. They're stuck in the house. When they leave the house, they end yes. up going out to these they, uh, sandworms. Sandworms are out that look like something from Dune, but they when, they when they crash off the bridge and they drown, the next scene we see is them in the house, mm-hmm. and Alec Baldwin's character actually says, I don't remember getting here. Yeah. So they didn't walk from the crash site. Mm-hmm. This is them dead, and the afterlife has put them forever in this house. Yeah, their, purg- their purgatory is going to be is the, in the, their, house. the house they lived in, yeah. And then they have to watch these fucking modern... Idiots. ...fools come in and just tear it apart mm-hmm. and uh, destroy it all. So they want them, they want rid of them. They want to sort of Absolutely. live dead in the house in peace. Um, so as you say, as, as I said, we, we they're in the waiting room and uh, <laughs> surrounded by, again, some great... Yeah. So, uh, just concepts of of playing with the with death and the afterlife, um, but makeup as well and and special effects. It was just amazing. There's one with a guy with a chicken bone in his neck, yeah. like fat guy, and he's still got the napkin in his throat from when he choked. <laughs> clearly in a restaurant. Yeah. There's one with a guy who has a shotgun. He's a hunter, and clearly he's been shot, but his head shrunk, and we don't know why until later in the film. Uh, a voodoo doctor puts like wee crystals on his head and shrinks his head. Um, and then there's a girl cut in half and she's sitting on both sides of the sofa yeah, with her funny. legs still moving and she's reading a magazine on the lower side of the sofa <laughs> but that again magician's assistant I yeah, uh, always obviously yeah. so he's <laughs> but Burton's just stinking with these scenes like yeah oh yeah like even the, they're all sort of like smoky and they're all smoking fire yes. one of the guys has a hole in the neck yeah thing. hole in the neck um, but they're all uh, and, there's and, people who've been run down and flattened and they're <laughs> hanging from hooks on the roof yeah he's the sort of the, um, one of the administrators yes <laughs> calling people's numbers and Juno herself the caseworker who's yeah. informing them of what they're supposed to do and they have to follow the handbook you gotta yeah. read she has a hole in her throat clearly from uh, some sort of cancerous operation but yeah. she's 
smoking and the smoke is coming <laughs> out of the hole in your neck. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't matter much. And, and that's, again, back to that whole thing that <laughs> the concept that when you die, you're going to need a social worker. Yes. To sort of cage you through. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah, then, course, there's yeah. still bureaucracy that we need to... <laughs> but the, the, the great thing about that scene also is if you look out the window, there's an audience watching you. Not, not now when you're listening to this. No, not now when you're watching right this. But when you look out the window of the waiting room for the caseworker, yeah. there's people like eating popcorn and all looking in through the windows at what's going on in the room. <laughs> right. So that must be an, an extra level of purgatory where you got to watch the most boring waiting <laughs> game of all time. <laughs> There's a great scene where... The hierarchy. Like a, a football team comes in. That's right. <laughs> and they're all fucked up and mangled and all. The guy at the end goes... Co- keeps calling, do you know, coach? Coach, I don't think we survived that bus crash. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you don't say. <laughs> so Juno has to meet the Maitlands, uh, the couple, and explain to them the sort of... The ins and outs of how things operate. And yeah, but she tail end of it, she actually has to inform them. She knows Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. She knows who this is, and this is what we get. You should have been studying those lessons since day one. Oh, I've got to go. What about that guy in the flyer, you know, Beetle? Don't even say his name. You don't want his help. Well, we might. No, you don't. He does not work well with others. What do you mean? I didn't want to bring it up. But rather than have you stumble onto it and make another mistake, I'll tell you. He was my assistant. But he was a troublemaker. He went out on his own as a freelance bio-exorcist. Claimed he could get rid of the living got into more trouble. In fact, I believe he's been sleezing around your cemetery lately. The only way he can be brought back is by calling his name three times. But I strongly suggest that you remove the Dietzes yourselves. Well, how do we contact you if we need you again? So... <laughs> Essentially, dun, dun. he's he's got a notoriety even in the afterlife. Yeah, of being a fucking snake oil salesman, like. And you can hear Elfman the score. In the uh, it, when it loads just, in, you're like, "This just, is so playful." It, it, it's so uh, iconic at this stage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, this is so recognizable. Started and you yeah. know he's he's ready on like everybody's radar for. But Burton uses him all oh, the time, yeah, like, yeah. all the time. And so the, the what happens then now is this cat and mouse game where the Maitlands try to get rid of the the family and this family then try and uh, embrace them and and mm-hmm. well not initially mainly through Lydia through Lydia but they writer. want to have these sort of uh, seances and stuff they guess yeah. you know they think they're going to communicate with them and uh-huh. they think there's going to be money because they're going to be it's a cool chic thing to do to have a or to have is to have a haunted house mm-hmm. um, again another flip on the norm. Yeah, you know most people can't sell the house because it's haunted, yeah. and these are people <laughs> thinking that. But it's those are sort of those at in the eighties, I suppose. So it was yuppie types, is mm-hmm. what they were called. I will. They mentioned that they're coming from New York, and he was yeah. a successful businessman, but had a bit of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and she's an artist that doesn't sell any art, but just makes big pies. Which, of shit. Uh, which also explains the nervous breakdown. Which also, yeah, <laughs> really, really. Yeah, does. She, she definitely caused it. She definitely caused uh, it. So she's a stepmother to to Winona yeah. Ryder, um, which again helped the dynamic. Then it wasn't just a normal. Um, situation uh, give her that freedom which she has of being odd and weird yeah. as it was and dark but then she sort of goes and explores but she can see the uh, 
she can see the ghosts. Yeah. Because she's, what did she say? Strange and unusual. Strange and unusual, yeah. So that's her norm. Yeah. Because she finds the book. She knows there's something going on in the house and she's read the book and she knows that uh, the strange and unusual is sort of something that alerts you to be able to see the afterlife or certain aspects of the afterlife. So I mean, again, it's such a deep film. Like I mean, there's this fucking scene where she's sitting writing a suicide note. Yeah, a sixteen-year-old girl. Sixteen. Yeah, I was. I was very, very. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been watching it as young as I was watching nah. it. Nah, but sure, I turned out alright. And uh, <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, what I remember, I remember having it even as far back as when we lived in Kelly Clarker, right. and that was like. Fuck, I couldn't have been seven, eight when I watched it, but I'm thinking, Jesus, because we left Hillclaw when I was 10. So it was in that, in that year. So it was, it was well before and, that. And it was a film that when you watched it, it stayed with you? Absolutely. Never, and to this day. Uh, I loved the poster. I loved everything about it. I think I, I think I might have had a poster of it at one point. I think we had a poster of it. The, it was one of the small posters. It must have come out of a film magazine or something. But Yeah. The And then that, that sort of now has become like quite a... Uh, quite a normal Halloween uh, costume is the Beetlejuice uh-huh. costume, the black and white stripes. Um, again, just back to that Burton visuals. You know, yeah. it's just he knows how to pick. Uh, well, what I didn't mention in the list of Tim Burton films is Nightmare Before Christmas because he didn't mm. direct it, but he helped write it and create the characters. And there's a scene in this film where Beetlejuice is coming up out of the, the town model mm-hmm. and he's got a hat on. And he's pretending to be like a circus freak. Yeah. And he's got this wee spinny, like a uh, carousel hat on. <laughs> and at the very, very top of it is Jack Skelton's head. Oh, no way. With Batman wings below it. Get out. Now, Batman wasn't even fucking made yet. And Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas isn't even close to being made yet. And those are all foreshadowing. The fucking new right thing. right There's oh, a scene as well. I watched that last week. I didn't even know Batman that. Returns as well, where uh, you see Michelle Pfeiffer. Sitting uh-huh. as the secretary, uh-huh. and she looks up, and the lights shadow the cat sort of yes, costume in her. See that? Yeah, I remember seeing Fucking that. Fucking hers, cute as a button watch. Uh, there you are. I only watched it on. I didn't see that. We, nah, we, Jack Skelton's head's at the very top of the wee hat he's wearing, and then the Batman wings are right below it. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, Burton, uh, like we said, I mean, this was a platform as such for uh, the darkness because well, the, the Pee Wee Herman wasn't. So, this was. Yeah. And at, at surely this then, I, I have to admit, I was too young at the time, but surely at that stage, like movie nerds like us must have been going, Batman's going to be dark. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it's going to be, once he was signed up to it and he was going to take it on, you're yeah. going, right, this is going to be, this is not going to be the Adam West yeah. fucking, you know, the sort of cheese fest that the earlier well, Batman stuff th- was. These are the years of the killing joke and Dark Knight Returns coming out in graphic novel form. So mm. if you had any hint at all that they were making a Batman film or somebody's making a Batman film, you're hoping and praying that they're yeah, following that absolutely. model. Yeah. Now, you remember when Batman came out? Oh. That fucking changed my whole life, man. Everything. I love that film. Everything changed. Uh, and in regards to, for me anyway, in regards to movies. Prince. <laughs> fucking Prince, bat dancing and everything. And you're like, how do you get Jack Nicholson? I think, I think uh, the previous generation, it was Star Wars. Oh yeah, that's, that was aye, that's big, a good one. That that's was, a fucking good show. That shout. was their big thing. For us, it was definitely Batman. Aye, because Batman then you had the, the merchandise, you had the, the logo everywhere, you had the tops cards. Remember the collecting the cards? I could, we had the Batmobile. I have an uncle who I I haven't rem- I just thought of it there now. Who I remember and I thought it was the coolest thing that oh, ever this is gonna be great. happened. And I went, Holy. you are a fucking legend. So I, what year was Batman out? 
89. So I think I must have been 80, would have been maybe 17, 18. He got the Batman symbol shaved into the back of his head. No fucking way. Pure legend. What? What? Somebody allowed him to do that. He went and did it. He was just a rebel. He always was. He's a teacher now. Um, but <laughs> would he do it again? Can you still <laughs> see it? He would if he had hair. But <laughs> oh. yeah, so it was massive at the time. And that again, so that was pr- <coughs> you, you could maybe understand why they had to make him do Beetlejuice first. Well, clearly they for the knew, pressure that was going to yeah. come on with the merchandise and the sort of the, the, the fact that it was a franchise he was going to be entering into. Uh, and the blockbuster status, but I mean, he turned this into he turned Beetlejuice into a blockbuster. It was it was huge, it big, was big huge, film, yeah. and I can't imagine how many v- VHS tapes yeah, were tapes. rented oh, of that fucking thing because I remember yeah, I do I do believe it was it was multiple rentings in, oh, in oh, our household because like, I, I do believe my like my dad enjoyed it sort of thing. You know, it wasn't just a uh, it's it's playful. Yeah. It's dark, it's adult, it's kid, it, it's everything. Like, yeah. And now when I watched it as an adult as well, I'm going, oh, fuck, that's a really good, you know, it's no, really I, good scenes, really good acting and stuff. And, and then, uh, as I say, it's just some of the special effects you're looking at now going, oh, Jesus, I can't believe that scared me. Do you know what I mean? It was just... I can believe it scared it. you, you big Oh, chug. Jesus, no, stop it. Uh, the, the sort of aftermath then for the, the cast, as we know, obviously Alec Baldwin went on to what he is now. What he is now. What he is now. Uh, no, you, no. Remember there was a bit of controversy about Alec Baldwin beating up people now? Aye. And how he treated his daughter? Yeah. Do you know the real story about that? No. Because I was looking, I was thinking about it during the week going, Alec Baldwin before 30 Rock, etc. got a bit of a bad reputation. Mm. I remember there was a lot of stuff in the press about he had an assault charge against a photographer and his divorce from Kim Basinger was fucking bit terrific. This is one of his quotes, right? He had a voicemail leaked to the public where he called his daughter something. And people were like, oh, how dare you talk to your daughter that way? Of the incident, Alec Baldwin said, I spoke to a lot of professionals who helped me. If I committed suicide, Kim Bessinger would have considered that a victory. (laughs) Destroying me was their only goal. The reason he hit the photographer was because the photographer was trying to get a picture of his newborn baby. Right. Ireland, Uh his first daughter with Kim Bessinger. So he fucking went at him, which every human on earth would do the same. The voicemail was leaked by Kim Basinger, <laughs> who he then thought, well, this isn't the person I want to be with. So he left her. He has six kids, Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. The first one was born when he was 37. The others were born to his new wife when he was 55, 57, 58, 60, and 62. <laughs> Man never stopped. No bother to the Baldwins. The other thing I remember... Was that there was an incident where he was violent on an airplane. Right. You remember this? He's referenced it in a few oh, Saturday yeah, Live yeah, things yeah. and he's referenced it in a few. <laughs> he was playing words with friends on his phone. <laughs> and the woman told him to turn his phone off. And he lost the bap. Started shouting, how can I not play this game? It's on your Wi-Fi, etc., etc." And the flight attendant kicked him off. <laughs> they landed in the nearest port, kicked Alec Baldwin off. And it was a big, none of these are anything no normal person would have done. No. But all I remember is he was treated like he was a pariah. He he, but he's a Baldwin. He did live with Billy Baldwin. To be fair, <laughs> I be, what if he was playing Words of Friends with Billy Baldwin? <gasps> oh, by Inception, mind blown. I know. Billy, I've get kicked off the flag because of Words of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Baldwin. But Baldwin, he sort of, 
He's hung about for a while. Obviously, Thirty Rock is more recent things, but he's been about like a character. I wouldn't say a Hollywood star in that sense. No, but to be honest, a leading man. My primary sort of memory of Alec Baldwin is Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, that fucking infamous scene where he turns up and gives this speech and it blows the whole film apart, and it's incredible, and he's incredible in it. Like I forget Alec Baldwin's in this a lot. I know. I I, until I recently watched you sort of. Oh, it's right, because because Keaton. Is so outstanding yeah. and, yep. st- and sticks in your mind so much, you sort of do forget the rest. And that's yeah, he overpowers every single scene. Uh, you know, Warner Brothers hated the title Beetlejuice. Was it really? They wanted to call it House Ghosts. Oh, so Burton, as a joke, said, "Why don't we call it Scared Sheetless?" <laughs> they they nearly agreed. <laughs> and he was like, "No, I was taking the piss out of you because it's a play on Scared Sheetless." And they were like, "No, but it's good sheets." Sheets, they wear sheets, remember? And he was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So it nearly backfired at him. It was nearly called oh. Scared Sheetless. And, uh, <laughs> like, fuck up, like. Uh, rest of cast-wise, then, obviously, Keaton then went into Batman. He went on. And then it took a bit of a sort of a hiatus, a bit of a break. It went a wee bit. He did a bit of TV. A bit of cheesy, bit bit of cheesy wheezy for a while. So it did. Yeah, it went, I'm all right. Mickey Cage, you whatever fucking want. Like, was it Jack Frost and stuff? or mm-hmm. Multiplicity? I like multiplicity. You know what's wrong with <laughs> Fucking Birdman? One, well, I'll forget it. Birdman and then obviously his introduction into Marvel as well mm-hmm. was excellent. But for me, to be honest with you, one of the, I think, is the greatest shows he's ever done was Dream Team. Dream Team is brilliant. <laughs> like, I love Dream Team. Dream Team, he is amazing. Uh-huh. It's, it's his nod to Jack Nicholson and, yeah. and Cuckoo's Nest. Mm-hmm. He's fucking amazing. Uh, but Keaton then, obviously, I mean, it, 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 there was a lot of weight on his shoulders because there, has, there, was never a, a decent, there was never a decent Batman since. Until Bale came along, I suppose. There's so I, many. I've, and even I've then, it, I don't think... I've said it a million times. Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah, because for me, it has to be Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I could never see... I could see... When watching Bale, you can... You can uh, see him as Batman, Bruce Wayne. There's no problem. No, oh, I, no think sorry, I, mean, I think the opposite. I think he's great at Bruce Wayne, but he's but a bad Batman. Batman. And I'm the opposite. I think he's good at Batman, but he's shy Bruce Wayne. I thought Keaton... Was a great Bruce Wayne. Jesus, we're doing it again. We're Kim Bissinger, Batman. <laughs> right, hold on. Right, stop. Remember when he walks in, Kim Bissinger's in the. She's in, like, walking through his armory and looking at yeah, all his suits with, and all. And he comes laden in and he's the coolest fucker mm-hmm. who ever walked earth. Michael Keaton's Batman, like. Keaton is the man. Uh, even though this is Beetlejuice. But, um, he's still Batman, though. It's one of the things that stuck out for me as well. We mentioned it before there was uh, the. the a swear word, and it was very rare at the time that I would, uh, at that age, being eight or nine, you were getting to watch yeah. a film with a curse word in it. But me and my younger brother, I do have visions of this. Um, yeah, I know exactly where you're going. It, and then replaying it and rewinding it, Re- rewinding, ladies and gentlemen. What happened was a tape moved backwards. Well, we've done, we don't. We've, they don't they won't know. They won't even. Actually, what are talking about? There's no young people listening to our fucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Actually, <laughs> all fogies. Um, but rewind it back and watching it over and over again. I, I, I remember being in fits at this. This was whole just, scene. The scene was brilliant, but then the timing the of his delivery on it, then the yeah. actual visual of him. So uh, when you see at the end what, what he's doing is he kicks down a tree. On the model and, and on that they're the model. in, they're they're now shrunk down to be inside their own model where he's been living. Yeah, and frequenting the model version of the cemetery. And there's a scene which we haven't got the audio of it, but there's a great scene where 
he they they, they put, purposely put in a hoo house for him. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes dancing towards the hoo's like <laughs> like he can't wait to be riding all the hoo's. And uh, it's it's just so visually good because well, they put this fake prostitution <laughs> den with all these devil ho- whores hanging out of the fucking windows now. Oh, it's such a great film. And I, I love, because again, it doesn't help on an audio podcast. So when you're watching it, just watch out for the likes of just wee, wee touches and wee sort of nips that he's doing to Baldwin and Gina Davis. And yeah. he's doing as so what, the audio we're going to listen to is the tail end of like a seven minute scene where we've first been introduced. He's buried in the drama of his salesmanship even though we know he's been out of the grave, he buries himself under uh, within the model, and they have to dig him up. So when they dig him up, he comes flying out with like a bus conductor, down <laughs> and then proceeds to grope around and talk absolute nonsense for five minutes. And you wouldn't t- actually when I was watching it recently in in the current um, woke world that we live in, he wouldn't be allowed to do that. No, but he we the, know he's a scumbag. Even though we know he's no, but even though he's playing the, the character yeah. of a scumbag. The inappropriate touching of Gina Davis well, I wonder wouldn't if it's, be allowed to be seen now in the uh, sense of even being funny. I would I would like to see the play and see what they do with that yeah, sort of thing. I don't know how they make them sleazy in that sense. No. Yeah. Uh, very easy to make them sleazy then because you, oh, could, yeah. you could touch women whenever you wanted. But <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. But, uh, but yeah, when he's in here, and again, the speed and the energy he's delivering us at, yeah. and the rate, because he's, he's doing the voice, obviously, and then he's got the, the, the energy and the speed going with it, and he's improvising. There's, you know, he's, he's, you can see he's been given a scope. This is what we want you yeah. to do. Just go and do it. And uh, uh, this is They're starting to get nervous, and they're starting to realize everybody warning them off this guy yeah. was real. So they're about to leave. <laughs> he's still mid-flow in his speech, and this is what happens at the end. Don't you hate it when that happens? Let's go, Barbara. Wait, wait, wait. Come on. Just come on for a while. We'll talk inside. Come on. Come on. I'm not staying here. Another minute. Don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> we have to get out of here. I agree, but I'll you fix should... something to eat. Home, yes. home, home. Barbara, how did you do that? Hope you like Italian. <laughs> where'd you go? Hey, come on. Hey, where'd you go? Oh, hey, come on. You got to work with me here. I'm just trying to cut a D. What do you want me to do? Where are you? You bunch of losers! You're working with a professional here! Nice fucking model! <laughs> that honk honk is that, just fucking... Not, like, the honk honk is him grabbing his balls. Grabbing and his balls. And I don't know how many times we reenacted that. And yeah. Nice fucking model. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just an excuse to touch her balls. But... Uh, <laughs> Honky noise and touching your balls. <laughs> Welcome to the eighties. Uh, again, it's just that that's because even interspersed in that sort of like a minute long, you've got him then doing voices and sort of mm-hmm. almost Robin Williams esque. Yeah. The way Williams would have done like ten different fucking accents in the space of yeah, a minute. Yeah. It was just because that's again the improvisation of oh, just let it flow. Yeah, just go with it. Whatever you think. Like, but there's bound to be some of that, that was scripted because they had a kick over the tree. But everything leading up that, you know, it was him just fucking about. But here's where we get... Now, the film... The film does what it does from here on in. Yeah. But when Beetlejuice was released... You've sort of hinted on it when you're talking about Warner Bros., but I didn't want to cut it in then. When Beetlejuice was released, they had no expectations at all. And like we spoke about, it made a bit of money. Mm. So people were like, right, authorize that man to be on Batman and get Beetlejuice 2 going. Yes. So, what we've heard about... We've talked about Kevin Smith in this podcast a few times and... 
some of Kevin Smith's evenings with. If you haven't seen them, watch them. They're very funny. Yeah. And they're very informative because he talks about the movie business. Mm-hmm. One story he tells is the infamous story about John, Spe- John Peters trying to write Superman, yeah. which Tim Burton was attached to direct. Nicholas Cage story. Nicholas yeah. Cage was yeah. going to be the big spider and John Peters being an egomaniac. John Peters was a producer of Batman as well, by the way. John Peters authorized a $100,000 model without Tim Burton knowing about it. So he had to put it in the film. Anyway, Kevin Smith talks about being asked to write a script for Beetlejuice 2. And he goes, haven't we said everything we had to say about Beetlejuice already? <laughs> the script, the original script, was done by the guy we spoke about earlier, Scarron. It was called Beetlejuice in Love. Really? People read the script and went, nah. Nah. It's a bit weird. Even the title. Just Let's do something else. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. <laughs> That's what Beetlejuice 2 was going to be. Beetlejuice <laughs> just goes pi- to Hawaii. Just eating a little pineapples. All right, he goes to Hawaii. All right, anyway. Apparently, the Dietzes move to Hawaii. Right. After all this, Beetlejuice follows along for Lydia. Because <laughs> he's in love with Lydia. Mm-hmm. Something happens where there's a volcano and Beetlejuice comes out of it and all. It's author madness. Mm. But Renona Ryder was on a TV show not two years ago mm-hmm. at the height of the first season of Stranger Things being a massive success on yes. Netflix. Uh-huh. And Renona Ryder is asked by Seth Rogen on his late night show, what's the rumors of Beetlejuice 2? Uh-huh. And Renona Ryder says, well, I suppose I may say it now. Me and Tim Burton are on to do it. <sighs> Michael Keaton was asked last year about uh-huh. Beetlejuice 2. And he says, oh, yeah, I've been on, I've been on board since 1988. <laughs> so they're all there mm, Jesus So what way they're gonna go mm. We don't know Because uh, as recent as 2017 Warner Brothers etc Have said no it's not happening But the cast keeps saying it's happening And they would normally be the ones In contact with the director So they're probably gonna Yeah So if Burton's involved If Burton goes back Keaton goes back And Ronald writer, I would be very very excited Even with a mental script like that <laughs> No, you can imagine it would have been very easy to do 89, 19, 19, 92. Yeah, but Burton was involved in Batman, Batman Returns. But for now, yeah, no, that, Michael Keaton can still play because he's makeuped up. And Michael yeah. Keaton's in great condition, so he can just play the same guy. Mm. Winona Ryder doesn't look like Winona Ryder in 1988. No. But we can do something along the lines of now she's the parent. Yeah, yeah. Or she's uh, passed away and moves on. You know, yeah. But I think the thread is still going to be the Beatles just, just still in love with Lydia. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I don't know where that'll go. No. And on Burton's most recent form of stuff. So I've yeah, been nervous, but be excited yeah. still to see Michael Keaton. It would, to me, I, I always had Beetlejuice in the same category as Drop Dead, Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Rick Mail. Rick Mail. Um, that type of character that just says everything that has to be said in one film. Yeah. There's nothing more you could do with. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I thought there's nothing more you can do with Beetlejuice. I thought there's nothing more you can do with Fred. And I just, you know, fucking let it be. Aye, Kevin Smith was right in that one. I think. Yeah, I just let it go. Just we've <laughs> said everything we needed to say with Beetlejuice one. We don't need him in Hawaii falling in love. Definitely not. Uh, okay, well, listen. As always, go and uh, either rewatch or watch for the first time. If you've made it this long and you haven't watched it, stop doing that to yourself because you're it. spoiling things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We. Share, subscribe, like, give comments, whatever the f- f- you want to do. Everything's going well again still. 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're still cracking up the digits. We're packing up the digits, baby. So yeah, let your friends know, and uh, as I say, we will uh, we will pop up as we always do. Um, so from myself, Connor Keys, and Ronan Emmett Mullen, Ronan Emmett Mullen, Ronan Emmett Mullen, Beetle Goose. <laughs> Fuck, time to go. <laughs>